0: spot show we are back I am sorry, guys. It's my fault for the break, but it's been a crazy, crazy time in the industry right now. Like it's uh, it's been nuts. So, the last two and a half weeks have went by in a blur. So, my apologies on not bringing you a show, but I'm excited. It's been worth the wait. Um, like I said, I'm back to work with uh, how busy it's been, and we had an event with Damon Bradshaw over at Loretta Lynn's. That was a really cool event, and then we've been just you know trying to grind it out with with work right now in the industry. So. Speaking of that, this is episode 23 brought to you by Moto Spot Show and Spot Network. So I'm really thankful to have Spot Network on board with us this year. They are the uh, fastest growing streaming service in the industry, so please check those guys out, the Spot Network app. They have uh, all the shows on there. They have some other really cool content, so please go check those guys out. Also, a huge thanks to Bellray, Works Connection, Motion Pro, and Scott Goggles. Um, I'm excited for this show because I actually have one of our sponsors in the studio, air quotes studio, um, which is my motor home, <laughs> so hey, uh, I'm excited to bring him in and, and have some fun with us, so... Before I get to him again, guys, if you haven't checked out our episodes, we just did one recently a couple weeks ago with Daniel Blair. That one was really fun. A huge shout out to him. He crushed it in the booth this year, uh, this past week in Salt Lake at round one. And I was just really, really pumped for him because I know he's been wanting to do that for a long time. So the uh, the hard work has finally paid off for Daniel, so great job there. But let's get to our our episode twenty-three. Like I said, Cody from Bell Ray is in studio. He's down here traveling with me for the week, and I was like, dude, you know, you're in you're in Nashville. We've had some fun. We've done some really good dealer visits. Like, Let's just talk about it. And uh, he's been in the industry for a long time, from being a factory mechanic, from working at EVS, and now at at the level he is with National Sales Manager at Ray. So I was like, let's do a show. And he's like,
1: I'm down. So, Cody, thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's uh. I feel like today was the perfect day to do a podcast right we we had a super successful day we did. visiting it was fun. customers. so it was one of those where I was like eh, let's bust out a podcast where we went to go get some food and a little celebratory dinner yes. after a good work day but like you said the business uh, the power sports industry right now is super busy uh it's mm-hmm. it's very successful it's you know all things are moving at a very high rate of speed um, so happy to be in Nashville happy to be talking to dealers and, and now doing a podcast where we go get some dinner
0: it's pretty crazy, huh, like how we, how we go to dealers, right? And the vibe in dealerships right now is just like, give me product, give me product, give me product. And like five years ago or whatever, if you would have traveled with me, they're like, you know, right now we're just not – it's not in season. We're not really looking for stuff right now. Or, you know, you know, we'll get back to you. We'll let you know. And it's now it's like, what do you have in stock? Uh,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time. I've been on the dealership side of it. You know, I worked in a dealer uh, before I became a mechanic. Uh, and then I became a mechanic. Then I went into the to EVS, and so yep. I've been going into dealers now, post mechanic life for my uh, gosh, like over ten years. Okay, this is this is the most interesting. It's, nuts. it's super fun, uh, but dealer engagement's great too, yep. and it's important that we also embrace the dealer side and we embrace all the new customers we're getting all the new people riding motorcycles and stuff so it's a good time to to continue to spread that positivity optimism the industry is good the industry is healthy but yeah we also need to remember to continue helping everybody around it there's a lot of new customers that they need a helping hand too so yeah it's trying to work trying to keep up with the busyness but then also trying to like take that extra time to be like hey you know are you helping the customers that you know at some point there's a lot that were just like we were you know 20 30 years ago or longer so
0: what's the consensus like Consensus, like at, at your job, and I don't know if you guys have even talked about it, but you're seeing more electric stuff coming to the market. And, you know, it's going to be a trend, I think, in the next 5, 10, 15 years with KTM kind of starting that, that revolution. But we're hearing Polaris is going to come out with a, a e e-vehicle and all that. Do you guys plan on making – I know you have the grease and you have all that, but do you guys have anything you're talking about of how to capitalize on that market when – when, not everything, but when more things go to – electric mice cuz let's let's not let's not sugarcoat it you work for a very uh large corporation that looks at a lot of different data right it's not just bellray you you guys have other companies automotive and marine and other divisions so it's like you guys are always strategizing so i would imagine your 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 big bosses are looking at at statistics
1: yeah it's not, it's funny that you bring that up because so for those of you that that are familiar hopefully but if you're not uh, Bellary was acquired by a company called calumet specialty products back in 2013 yeah calumet is it they're they're huge they're a global company they have a lot of resources they also own royal purple okay. Royal Purple's purple is our performance automotive engine oil um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of effort being put into on the research and development side right now for the electric vehicles and the the certain lubricants you know the cooling stuff um you know and, and anything that those cars are going to need so power sports is a little bit off right now um yeah. in terms of us getting ready for development and go into a finished product. However, the research is already being done. I was on uh, a couple of technical calls last week. I'm yeah. heavily involved in the Royal Purple brand as well. I, I have, you know, a really unique role. I have a hybrid role between Royal Purple and Bell Ray So I was on a call last week with with the, some of the engineers, research and development. And what, yeah, they're already looking at it. We're already understanding what we need. You know, what those lubricants are going to look like. The the unique and fortunate thing is that there'll be a plug and play in automotive and then we'll just slightly yep. reformulate or we'll slightly you know um adjust as as we go and they'll be ready for the power sports industry so Sweet. we're a l- we're a little bit okay. off right now in terms of need of them for power sports but Automotive is there in the development and, and a lot of the, the background, you know, work is being put in to okay. be prepared and then we'll just roll it into Power Sports. But yeah, so kinda get a
0: little jump start a little bit. Yeah, that goes yeah.
1: that goes back to sorry to get into the weeds, but that goes back to just kinda of the resources of the company. There'll be, you know, there's a lot of work that goes in on the automotive side. It's it's heavy volume, it's very competitive. Um, yep. but then you have a lot of the groundwork being done. At that point, then I just sit down with the engineers and I just say, Hey, you know, tweak it for this, tweak it for that um but yeah it's it's it, there's going to be a lot of similarities in the lubricant so awesome no
0: that's really cool and i i think that's what's special about your guys' is brand brand is you guys are always looking at avenues and doing things and you know trying to if it's marketing or if it's research and development and if it's formulas or whatever you're always trying to improve and embrace on what's going on in the industry so speaking of that i mean like right now you know we're 16 rounds deep in the Supercross, and you guys used to be really heavily involved in Supercross with Tutu Motorsports and the Rockstar Husky team. Looking back on Supercross this year, or last two years, like do you guys miss that platform at all, or do you guys feel like grassroots is more kind of the the main focus?
1: I mean, obviously I'm a I'm a motocross guy. I grew up yeah. riding and racing, so from the enthusiasm and just from the the end consumer side, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to be back involved. I, the role that I have at Bell right now is I'm, I'm heavily involved in, you know, the marketing, the sponsorship stuff. Yep. Do I want to be? Absolutely. It has to make sense, you know, from a monetary standpoint, um, you know, in, in pre COVID, right. it was becoming difficult for me to really sit down with the board of directors and the marketing directors and to really say, okay, what's our tangible ROI? You know, a lot right. of ROI right now, or, or again, Pre COVID was you were trying to get in on activation. So we chased the activation numbers and we chased the ROI and it was good, but then you were also going, well, there's the marketing side of it. So do I want to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, oil, you can't see it. So you're relying on the sticker, right? So but that price for the sticker has gone up dramatically. I bet. Um, it's yeah. competitive. Uh, the the price for the sticker, you know, on the hauler or the bike or where to put it, that that has a price associated yeah. with it. it yeah, it, it just, everything it just, has a cost. It just does yeah. at the factory level. And, and so to try to figure out the ROI, try to figure out the good business side. Um, I miss it, yes. That That's your yeah. question. Um, but right now grassroots makes a lot of sense. A unique opportunity that I got was to work with the, uh, Babbitt's. Uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki GNCC team they're a good group of people I've worked with them for a few years so this year we said hey you know what Um, we're going to go all in on this the GNCC stuff is really growing there's a ton of entries you know all entries are up right now in in all racing disciplines but that one made a lot of sense for me because it's a factory level team we're getting a ton of good data back from them because they take oil samples Bell Ray is really, really unique. We have some state-of-the-art laboratories with actually um, standardized test equipment that's used to basically do breakdown analysis and and certain type of lubrication and and fluid test to gather the data even after the oil has been used. So we're getting good data. We're getting really good what we feel like is a return on the investment on that right now, focusing on grassroots. One day the goal will be, yeah, to be back with a factory level. But for right now, you know, the going rate right for us thicker, Yeah, um, it's and, high. And where we're at right now, I'm happy with it. So it's just putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. One day we'll get there. That GNCC
0: stuff is insane right now. Like, I have a dealer that's mechanic for Jordan Ashburn, and Andy, and he is telling me, like, what the entries are and, like, how gnarly that is. It's like, I mean, it's it's – gonna probably be one of these series is to to watch or to be involved in in the next two to three years because it seems like every year just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger like i know michelin really went all in this year with it um and it's just one of those things to where i think a lot of people like that they show up they know what time they race and they go home like where they're not sitting around all day and like you said i mean A lot of these promoters are getting big turnouts because more people are riding and more people want to get outside. But it just seems like GNCC, they have a platform that really works.
1: I think right now from a business side, from the promoter side, from a business side. And then when you look at, okay, you know, how are you going to run that business? How are you going to cater it? How are you going to grow it across all racing platforms right now? I think GNCC makes the most sense. Now, I say that you know, on one side of my mouth. On the other side, I'm a motocross guy. Like I ride yeah, yeah. motocross. You and I were riding this week, right? And <laughs> yeah. someone said, go do the woods. It was like, no, 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 I'm not yeah, taking, my, I'm not taking yeah. my dirt bike. I'm going to keep on the track. But yeah. it makes a lot of sense, right? It's, you know, if, if if customer, well, you know, if the riders, but essentially the customer to the, you know, to the business promoter, Um, you know, they want simplicity, they want some structure, uh, you know, right now, even in the COVID world, right. You know, things are opening back up. People are spending time together. You know, they, they, uh, they put a value on quality time. So GMCC, like you said, you show up, you know, when you're going to race, it's pretty straightforward, right? It's, it's very easy to understand the structure of it. Um, motocross is great, but I think the tracks now are back to, oh man, they're back to, you know, high entry levels, but they're back to those races are, you know, you're showing up at six, you're practicing at seven you're trying to race by eight well you got two sets of you know 24 motos it, yeah. it's five six o'clock before you're done like there's a track in uh in my hometown it's called astelon cycle club i love it i'm a member there it's a great track but right. um you know it's it's not uncommon to still be there on a sunday that's got you know four or five hundred entries to still be there at 6 p.m like still racing you're, yeah, yeah you're there at, sun's just, starting to go down yeah, yeah. so I, I know this is long drawn out but GNCC I think makes a lot of sense from the business yeah. side of the promoter side and it's it's a way that we can welcome new riders into the sport of competition right they're riding motorcycles there's yeah. a lot to learn from motorcycles I think that's why we all stick with it so GNCC yeah we support it and that was one of the things where I said hey look you know this GNCC opportunity let's go for it so we went all yeah. in on that.
0: And the Babbitts is a factory team too. Like yeah. I mean, they I've seen their bikes. It's not it's not full factory, but I mean, it, for the most part, they have parts from Tomac and AC's bike on their bikes. Yeah, they have so they have that. It's, they, uh, they, it's a really good reputable team.
1: They have that. They run it like a professional organization. I work really close with Denny Bartz. He's their team manager. Yeah. You know, he's, he's been the team manager since they were still an Arena Cross team. This year, they did the Arena Cross stuff with Teesdale and Alessi. That was really yeah. good. Josh Strange has been doing very well, obviously. You yep. know, to the start of the series. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of things yeah, that's really um, cool. They're very great to work with on a marketing standpoint. Again, because of how it ties into the dealership. Mm-hmm. And again, they they understand that value for the like their sponsors. So yeah. Yeah, all of that it's that's been a really unique experience. One day we'll get back to the you know the elite professional level of motocross and supercross. We're right. not there yet. We're not there yet. So we're just good Yeah, we're going to take the opportunities yeah. that we have.
0: Now you mentioned they're a good dealer, like. It's crazy how, for you being a vendor, you come down right and travel with janky reps like me, and we kind of just go around and see dealers. But I feel like for, for guys like me, it's really good to have vendors like you that are involved in going to Dealer Network and seeing what the market needs, right? So we're going in, we're saying, Hey, like I'm with Bellray. Ray, this is what we offer. And with that presented, with that presentation, we've actually been able to have really good success this week. Like for me, I I've learned something new, and like we've been able to place new items in the dealerships, and kind of making sure that these dealers are stocking stuff that's good for the customer. Because in today's world, I think everything is impulse, right? So like, if you have it, they will buy it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know for you, but for me, like I hate waiting for stuff. So like, Same. shopping online is cool. Like you can, but. I hate. Okay, you still got forty-eight. Or yeah, I bought it right, and right. it's right. like okay. Now I gotta do a tracking number, and every day I'm checking the tracking number. What's yeah. it, everyone's. Yeah. So it's like for me, Impulsive. it's like I'd rather just go get it and be done with it, and I can use it that day. So like we just came out with a f- perfect example. We just came out with twenty twenty one point five mesh gear, fly racing mesh gear. Yep.
1: it's good gear, right? dude. Great. I've
0: been waiting like two weeks for this stuff, and it showed up today. And I was like a kid on Christmas. Yeah. I'm like, it's
1: here, right? It takes you. Back it to doesn't the fit. But it's here. <laughs> that's
0: a whole other story. Keep, we just gotta keep riding like we did. Well, the on win- Monday, yeah, the winner, the winner kind of, and COVID kind of got me a little bit. I mean, <laughs> not really. I, the brownies got me. But hey, anyways, we just, gotta, we just gotta keep riding. And yeah. Make sure that cardio start paying off. But anyways, that's just that's the thing. Like right now, it's I'm almost like telling my dealers, like, hey, I'm not trying to be a salesman. Like this is just honesty. Like it's insane if right now if you have it in stock these. These customers will buy it. And I think that's just across the board. Like, nobody wants to wait three to five business days for stuff.
1: Yeah, I think one thing that I really enjoy, which is kind of weird, right? Because I think I said it before, but like, oil's not sexy, right? It's not a pipe, even, right? Like, it's not sexy. It's a um, it's a very tangible item, right? Because it's yeah. inexpensive, right? Like the most expensive product that we have is you know $22, 23 bucks. But anyways, it's fairly easy to get, but it, it's not sexy. Or you just pour it in, yeah. But it's very important. So that's what I do enjoy about about Bell Ray. For one, I believe in the products, um, yeah, and I use them. So I, I would like to say that you know that certainly helps with yeah. you know my biased decision, right? But um, it's important to visit the dealers. That's a that's a role in my duties that I take mm-hmm. very seriously I think that uh, if you're you know if you want to be a part of changing the industry leading the industry being involved right yeah on, on and not as a consultant but as sitting down with the dealer principal or the parts manager or service managers whatever and if you want to sit down and say hey I'm seeing this trend I'm seeing that trend you know and act as that person that could help them grow. Yep. Um, you have to visit. So yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. I, I try to get out and I see dealers and, and the industry right now, like you said, it's, it's healthy. So yeah. you're having more conversations and you're not, you're not being met with so much hymns and haws and we got to think about it. You know, we have to look at, to be honest, there was, a, there was a lot of years where I was like, we have to look at the cash flow over, we want it, but yeah. you know, it's not the right time. So we, we you know, we can't right. put that product in right now. We'll have to wait, like you said, for a better time. So it's been a little easier to place product. Dealer engagement's been great, you know, because there's a yeah. lot of door turns. There's, you know, there's a lot of cash flowing through and customers. So that, that's obviously, you know, breeding optimism too. But yeah. yeah, so I'm when I got in town on Friday, we spent mm-hmm. the weekend hanging out and then yep. we've been seeing dealers all week and it's been successful and it's been everything that I imagined, but it's that very important role. Like, you know, distribution plays a vital role in the industry and the manufacturers have to be engaged with distribution because that distribution model is... Yes, to an extent, you know, the distribution model is there for order fulfillment, right? Like at the end of the day, it truly is on the manufacturer. The manufacturer has to create the demand. We can't sit back and expect the distributors to create all of our demand for us. So right. I take it seriously. I come into, you know, I come into towns that I think makes sense, you know, whether it's new product or, or strategy or, you know, an area that I think is soft that's, you know, deserving a better. Maybe yeah. it's just a huge modal area that I have to go service. But, you know, you you line up the, the work with the rep and you say, hey, you know, please set you know, the appointments and, and you kind of... Set build, the dates. Yeah, yeah, you build the structure, right? And we sit down with dealer principals and managers and GMs and service managers and, and you kind of go through what you feel like information you have that will help them. And the end goal is, you know, they take that information and, and they appreciate it and they roll that into creating a better consumer experience because that's what you yeah. said before, right? Like impulse. the only The only time that, you know, price comes into the equation is in the absence of value. So a brick and mortar store... Oil is a little different, right, because it's, you know, you tend to just go to your local shop to get it more times than not. But yeah. it's important that those dealers understand, hey, when a customer comes in, whether it's helmet, goggles, gloves, boots, tires or oil, they at the end of that transaction, they feel as if they've done the best job that they can to make that make that customer understand the experience, you know, and they got something from it and they left feeling good about themselves because otherwise those impulsive decisions are a little bit more hard to come by. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of about, you know, manufacturers create the demand distribution fills it for us, but we come in, we sit down with the dealers. We, you know, we try to be, you know, somewhat of a, a strategic partner and Hey, this is what we suggest you bring in. And the full circle is that consumer part, you know, consumer comes in, whether they're an industry guy like you or I, that's just excited about getting something or they walk into the shop to say, you know, Hey, I need oil or whatever Yeah, that customer educates them. And, you know, and, and then yeah, customer can walk away and they can have got, they can have even faster instant gratification by going to that shop
0: no for sure and i think it's one of those things too even it falls you know all of our listeners that are listening to the show it also falls on you guys too like if you go into a shop and you don't see something that you like or something that you're like man i really want to try that or this is something i've really had good success with like tell the shop like a lot of shops right now are asking or want to know like what you guys want to see at the shops because they don't want to lose a sale right so make sure you guys are telling your dealers like hey like i wish you had some bell ray in here or, or hey i wish you had these brake pads in here you know whatever it may be because right now the distributors are doing everything they can to have inventory and stock those dealers with what the consumer needs so if you guys don't speak up and tell your dealers like hey this is what i need then there's you know it doesn't help anybody. So it's better to do that than to go on the internet and bad mouth them and say this dealer doesn't stock anything because right now dealers are wanting to stock product.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of dealers that can benefit by also the customers just you know giving them a call. Hey, yeah. you know whether they found them on a dealer locator, you know their dad went there, or they just they drive past them on their way to work to be able to say, hey, I'm looking for this. You know, do you right. have it in stock? And then it's up to the dealer right to bring it in or to certainly again relay that value of hey yeah. you know thanks we don't have it today we can get it in x amount of time and just present value show some appreciation right have some engagement you know yep. what are you riding where have you been riding how long have you been riding there's certain things like that that that's like what I talked about at the beginning of the show I think that now is a really important time that we we remember and we embrace that there's a lot of new customers right and and of course we embrace the customers say hey you know ask your local dealer and then we also talk to the dealers to say embrace that new customer right like yeah. they need boots they need jerseys they need everything Yep. Um, you know, have some communication, ask some questions. Um, you know, and it there's there's a very important part of the business on the back end that customers just they go to the shop and like you said, if they don't see it, they just they just buy it somewhere else and it's like, Man, these dealers have that access to I mean, I don't know, hundreds of thousands, millions of right. parts right a now. Lot, so yeah. just be comfortable and say, Hey, if you had this, can I get it or or whatever. There's there's a lot of different ways that you can, you know, obviously. Cut it up into different pieces but and it's um,
0: kind of like what we' we're, we're doing this week you know what I mean like you know it's people like dealers have customers and the dealers are our customers so we're like hey like you're not stocking this and we have a dealer that is very successful with it or we you know there's there, this something like they're always looking for feedback like there are dealers that want to know like what's what's creating revenue in other shops or if they're missing a segment you know we present to them like hey this is a very good popular item from bell Ray let's give it a try. So because we know that it's successful here or successful there. So and, it, you know, it might be a flop at a shop or a different shop, but at least we're presenting that information to them to let them know, like, hey, like we have really good success with it. It could be foam filter oil or it could be side by side oil or it could be chain, whatever it may be. We can say, hey, you guys need to give this a shot. And I think that's what's very important about having vendors with you or like you that travel the country and can be like, hey, like this is this is something I feel like you could be successful with.
1: Yeah, I agree totally. Um, the, it's it's important to you know go into each customer visitor. I guess to backtrack a little bit, everyone always asks me, "What's your job like? You know, what yeah. do you do?" And and it's so, it seems so cool. I love my job. Don't get me wrong. Right. I I absolutely love what I'm doing. But there's a there's still a portion of it that you know work is required. Right? We yep. we drive to an account. Before we get go into the account, we look at sales history. You know, we get a feel for what's their customer base, what sell through, what machines do they sell, and we we try to go in with ammunition to be able to sit down, ask them questions, engage, and then yeah, come up with a strategy which is, hey, we're here to help you, right? I mean, I'm not gonna benefit if if I walk away empty handed, but we don't yeah. wanna shove anything down your throat. We wanna be here to service you so you can service your customers. So Right. We wanna be a good partner. Yeah, so that's for sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's what it's been, right? We came into town and You know, we're three days at it. We got one more left, but we go in and we sit down. And today we talked about Harley oil with one guy, right? And then the next one we talked about 5W50, you know, for Polaris Rangers. And then the other one, you know, we talked about foam filter oil, pork oil, and and the the motor line. It's
0: it's a mix of everything. You just never know what you're going to get. And I think it goes back to what you're saying, just having that strategy, like – and just kind of knowing
1: your your clientele type of deal, so strategy and structure. I think yes, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Um, make no mistake about it. I think we have fun, right? We enjoy yeah. what we're doing. It's it's a passion based business. But if you take that and if you find the fine line or the balance between that and strategy and structure, you can be really effective. You can create great relationships. You can have a great day. Um, you know, you can go back to your hotel or you know go to dinner, fully fulfilled. Yep. And I think that you know if if passion's helping you drive that. It it ends up being, you know, a really good gig and, and everybody benefits from it. The customers, yeah. the dealers, you as the rep, you know, and the, the distribution or the organization, you know, that's distributing the product and yeah. the manufacturer.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I love the most about WPS and the company I work for is, you know, Craig Shoemaker, our owner, he's just like, hey, like – do your job, you know. If you if you wanna if you wanna raise, you got to work harder. So I love that about the company, and I love that it's uh you know he's always preached at our sales meetings. Work hard, play harder, and we got to experience a little bit of that this week. You know, we we went out, we saw you know a handful of dealers. Um, we had a really good day, and then at when the sun was going down, we got to do a little bit of moto with actually at the dealer's location, which is really <laughs> yeah, cool. I dealer, cool. I have a dealer, I have a dealer that actually owns a track, so um, we talked Bell Ray, and then you know he got to kind of see the stuff in action. So, it's cool to have that ability to do what you love, and then also get to have fun and and build those relationships with the dealer. You know, I think when you leave, that dealer is going to remember, like, yeah, like Bel Ray came and he taught me about all this stuff, and then he rode my track. Yeah, like I think that's really cool that we have that at our disposal for uh, for our industry.
1: And the same for me, again, like people always, I get a lot of the times, like if I go to a show or a dealer or, you know, you go to an event or something, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? And it's like, you kind of smile, right? And you kind of just like got to pinch yourself and be like, eh, it's pretty dang fun, right? There's right. a lot of office work that goes into it and there's data and spreadsheets and, and all the things, but it's like, then you're reminded on a week like this, like this week, how much fun it is. We That was on Monday. We had yeah. a, a great day. We saw customers all day Yeah, long. we sold some stuff. Yeah, and- we sold some stuff. And I'm not even big on, I, obviously I love selling stuff, right? But yeah. I, I think that. Education, want, is a yeah, big I think thing. Yeah. I think when you present value and you educate them, um, especially with oil, right? Like, yeah. you just you want to help people understand more because I think oil, it's one of those weird things in the industry where it's like there's a lot of misconceptions and there's a lot of just they not, aren't comfortable asking questions about it, so they just kind of look the other way. So, yeah. we had a good day. We saw a shop. Um, I forget even what city we were in, but we saw a shop and we went around and he showed us. You know, he was excited to show us about his race that he had over the weekend. It was muddy. We looked at his inventory. We gave him, you know, some. Some good information, and then yeah. he goes out on his tractor and rips up his track, and yeah, then like, you He's know, like we were, come have some fun, yeah, yeah. And so. Then I rode for for a few times. So you don't always get them kind of served up to you on a platter like that, but yeah. then it's like I'll go home next week, and it's like, man, I I had a great week. You know, we had some yeah. fun, but then it it you know, work too. Yeah, it'll, yeah. Make, it'll make you know the next two weeks of of office work and data and you know yeah. meetings and stuff like that. It'll it'll make it all a little bit easier, a little bit more enjoyable because you know you just you embrace. We embraced what we had in front of us, so I'm right. I'm thankful that I came down Nashville. I love Nashville. It's one of my favorite cities. It is cool. Um, it's growing
0: like crazy. The traffic's starting to suck, but it's, yeah, it's, yeah it's 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 cool. I for don't know sure. why
1: it's um, but it's kind of got like a a city vibe to me, it's got like a city vibe. it's got kind of a touristy vibe, but it's also got like a home vibe, so yeah. It's always been that way. I've been coming down here for a long time, visiting dealers, you know, a few times with you. This is, I think, right. our yeah, second or third time. Yeah. Maybe. So, but then when you get to mix it with, with some fun and riding yeah. and stuff like that, so uh, we enjoy it. and get Yeah. To, uh,
0: Huge shout out to Jack at R3. That was awesome. I really appreciate him, you know, getting the track dialed in for us, but also giving us the time to show him some stuff. And I mean, to all the dealers at this week, I mean, we've had a great week and um, everybody's embraced the brand and and, you know, letting us. Give us time to, to educate them because for me even I've been educated this week. You know I've learned a lot about the side by side oil. It's it's one of those things to where that market is blowing up. The UTV scene is getting crazy big, and I know for for our industry as a whole, like getting bikes in the next six months to a year is going to be difficult. Very. So I'm I'm hoping that this is going to make people want to maintain their bikes more, and because I mean we went into a shop too. And the guy had sand on top of his piston, and there was no filter cage on the filter. Yeah, like he had a filter with no oil, a a filter with no cage, and then he was getting a top end built, and there was sand sitting on his piston.
1: That was that was a first for me. That's like top Um, notch. But that kind of goes back to what we talked about before. It's like, um, you know, I think. In a competitive sport like motocross you can agree right that there's a lot of i don't know like now maybe not masculinity is the right word but there's just a lot of like competitiveness that's i think that's what i'm going for a lot of competitiveness we also need to take a step back and go hey man there's a lot of people riding dirt bikes right now that they bought them off craigslist or they bought them new whatever it's new to them in some capacity we all need to take a step back and yeah unfortunately you're going to kind of giggle because you're gonna be like holy smokes but you know it's the time that we need to take to embrace like hey look you just got a huge bill to rebuild this thing Um, and you didn't oil your oil filter. Let me, let me show you how. So as it kind of goes full circle too, there's a lot of dealers right now that are engaging and trying to have helpful seminars, right. And, you know, and trying to have how to's and um, that's going to help keep this industry successful. Um, And if we can all come together like one big family, you know, um, and learn from some other sports, like I had a kid that was racing BMX for a while and man, if you want to talk about you know, a little bit smaller of a sport, but very family embracing. Yeah. There's a lot that you can learn from things like that. So, but yeah, going into a, a shop that then That's says, pretty Hey, funny. going into a shop that they said, Hey, you know, look at this bike. And there's literally sand on top of the piston is like, Holy yeah. smokes, man, yeah. feel for you because four strokes aren't easy to rebuild. No, well, not easy, but they're not, they're not inexpensive. It's not like a yeah. 125 anymore anymore. You just rode in your field and, you know, threw a piston in it for 130 bucks. That's the thing too. It's like that guy's repair bill is probably going to be like a thousand dollars.
0: Or more. I mean, because at,
1: at that point you need to recut the valve seats. You know, yeah. and and so then it's kind of like you get to a point of like, well, where do you stop, right? You want to split yeah. the cases, you don't want to just flush the thing because you know those you just those, never those, that those, stuff goes yeah. anywhere, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and you get sand in your transmission, it just, oh my gosh, it's unfortunate. So yeah, um, yeah, but that that was unique, and like you said, uh, R three Motorsports. We went to a lot of shops this week. R three Motorsports was nice enough, you know, to let us out. That track was really cool. Was he, he ripped it up for us. They got a ton of rain over the weekend, so I feel like we were kind of blessed with you know is a great track, all things considered, and. It, it turned yeah. out great but they had it sounds like they had some terrible until weather. i fell down yeah well you you <laughs> blew out the corner too so i that did kind of, that kind of whole room ruin, yeah. ruined the whole yeah, day I mean, but anybody that stop any, it. <laughs> anybody that is in the tennessee area or looking at travel r3 motorsports is a great track i'm sure yeah. there's a bunch motor works with, yeah motor works okay yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: but yeah they're they're in uh the biggest thing too that i i noticed about this week was every shop we went into they asked you like educate me like you know, why is Bell Ray a premium brand? You know what I mean? And we talk about that guy that had, that had sand on his top of his piston. And we talk about that. It's like your guys' foam filter oil or the, the, your thumper oil or whatever it may be. It's like the strength that you guys have and and the film, the film strength, I should say it's talk a little bit about that. And like how, how Bell Ray has done such a good job to kind of make it to where you don't have to change a top end at 30 hours or change a top end at 50 hours. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a costly engine. I wouldn't even say it's a costly engine, but it's a, it's a performance premium brand. So you pay for what you get. Right. But, I feel like there's a reason why you you go a little bit higher and you don't run diesel oil like you go on these forums. and Be like, oh, I run Rotella, yeah. never had an issue. Well, it's like you never had an issue because you're changing it every ride, like, yeah. Or like, or you on. actually
1: are going through wearable parts, and you just think that's part of riding dirt. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, but come to come to find out, like if you ran a different lubricant or purpose, you don't need to change a clutch hit, in ten hours. You don't need to change a clutch <laughs> in whatever the case yeah. is. So um, that goes back to the, I think my passion for the brand. Um, all right you know dating back to you know uh, Mr. Keith that the owner of it they always they always took a lot of pride in what they were doing you know it started in the garage it started with some guy making industrial lubricants and then his son raced motocross so you know that's where power sports was born from but they always took the approach that whatever they were going to do they were they were kind of all in for it yeah. you know they they weren't doing something just to you know match a competitor or hey you know and again, you know, back in the 60s, well, in the seventies, it was it was a different time, but it was always we're going to do it to be the best. Yeah, that was always that's always Bell rays approach, and in the resources that we have right now from Calumet Specialty Products, our parent company, that's that's still there. That's why there's still yeah. a lot of passion that comes from me. There's a lot of passion that comes from the parent company and the resources, and I'm involved in in all those questions. Anything that has anything anything in the company that you know, when you're talking about power sports, I'm involved. But you feel that passion. So awesome. yeah, so to talk to talk a little bit about just you know the four stroke engine oil specifically is that engine oil technology, or I guess I should say, and motorcycle engine oil. Um, not a lot of people ask questions about it, but it's so unique, and I I, I kind of geek out on it. But it's also kind of basic at the, at the same time. It's you know when you go to formulate that product, you really, yeah. you have three goals in mind. It's not. It's not rockets, I mean, how you achieve it is kind of rocket science right, right. science, but you all that you're trying to do is you' trying to keep that engine cool, you're trying to protect that engine from metal to metal contact, right you know, mm-hmm. obviously keep your wearable parts, you know running as as good as possible for as long as possible and and um reduce heat, sorry, I forgot' reduce heat, keep the engine cool, and um just overall like protect the engine, so yeah. um you know it's. When you go to formulate, we really take a step back and we say, how are we going to do that? So, you know, we have V-Twin labeled products. We have, you know, Thumper Racing products. And then we have like a engine oil just for like. Like your, a mineral. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, we have engine oil or formula specifically then for like liquid cooled on, okay. on road bikes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. anything with Bel-Ray, if it has a different label, it's it's formulated specifically. But it's for, you know, those main goals. Keep the engine cool. Keep the engine clean. And then obviously project from metal to metal contact. So it's yeah. like you're going into a very basic kind of, hey, this is how we're going to do it. Or this is what we need to achieve. How do we do it? So, you know, like our Thumper Liner products, that's our engine oil for single-cylinder motorbikes. And so it's, yeah. you know, we start with we properly select a, a base stock. That's that's appropriate for low oil capacity, right? And it, But it, it has to have some shear stability, right, because it's one oil system. It's 32, 33 ounces, but it's going through a transmission that's going to get sheared down. Yeah, um, It's properly lubricate or you need it to properly lubricate a wet clutch. So it's like keep it cool, okay, you know, make sure, check the flow characteristics of it and some of this is a 30,000 foot view but then it's all right film strength you know protect the thing from metal to metal contact so then we're looking at extreme pressure additive you know right. uh, extreme pressure additive packages and just in general technology then we're looking at you know what what do we do with the friction right how do we meet the viscosity spec but how do we keep it mov- moving freely to keep the engine cool the f- okay. the, f- the film strength is the same thing. It's, you know, okay, well, it's got to have a bond, right? There's got to be something protecting the metal metal to metal surface. So right. it's just without trying to get too into the weeds, which it's hard for me not to do that. It's just, <laughs> yeah.
0: We take a step pa- back. Like you said, you're passionate
1: about it. Yeah, so. we just we take a step back and we just go, okay, your three main goals keep yeah. the engine keen, clean, keep it cool, protect from metal to metal contact. And then we go, well, who, what? What machine are we building it for? And then we really just kind of throw the book at it at that point. So okay. that's why we have, yeah, that's why yeah. Have and it. like
0: you said, I don't want to get too much in depth of it because okay. I mean, you guys could you could talk for hours on like like the ins and outs of oil. But I feel like a lot of people like that are motor people. They get really like lost quickly, yeah, overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. Like so did, I would say like, for, eh, I would say for it. me, and I think a lot of people are interested in this, and like we'll make it quick, but the biggest difference is if we can if you can i don't know if it, if it's a long talk or not but if you can kind of just break down real quick the differences of mineral semi and full synthetic like cuz that's a that's a big question like why should i run full synthetic or why if i run full synthetic why can i go back like so like those okay. are kind of like cons- cons- okay. consensus that people have
1: yeah so so great question i do get that question a lot actually when i yeah. when i visit dealers this is how it was explained to me. It's something that I feel like is very retainable, and I think all all customers can benefit from it is, yeah. you know, for one, gone are the days of the mis- uh, the misconception of you can't switch back and forth. That's – that's gone, yeah, um there are some lubricants like in um like if you have air compressor lubricants or like in certain fields, you can't switch it, so I think some of that misconception comes from like, well, hey, my dad works, you know he's a you know he's a maintenance guy at you know this factory, he says it can't when you're talking about motorcycle oil specifically, you can't switch back and forth. here's the big difference really in in simplified terms mineral oil it's it's crude oil, it's refined. You can refine it into certain groups. You have groups one, two, and three. Like one is, you know, it's dirty. There's a lot of impurities in it. You didn't yeah. do a whole lot with it. Two, again, it's been refined. You know, it's it's fairly clean. Then you have group three. Again, it's crude oil, but it's been what's, what's called hydrocracked. It's just basically it resembles a lot of similarities to synthetic. Okay. But at the okay. end of the day, mineral oils, it's crude oil. Think of mineral oil. It's like popcorn. Yeah. You know, it's if you line up 10 kernels of popcorn it's it's different in size, shape, thickness, weight, etc. but also kind of symbolic too. It doesn't offer it's it's a very basic um lubricant. You know, if you kind of glide your hand across it, right? It'll it'll protect the surface. It doesn't have a ton of great flow characteristics. You got to add a lot to it to make it a superior engine oil, but you can achieve that. Yeah. Synthetic is the opposite. Synthetic is I mean, basically the way that I always refer to it, it's like man-made through a chemical reaction, but it's, it's a manufactured product. It's it's like instead of popcorn, it's 10 ball bearings lined up, right? Yeah. So naturally it has very little flow. You know, if you glide your hand across 10 ball bearings, right, it moves very fast. Synthetic is also, um, it has premium features for um, as long as it's formulated properly. It has, you know, um, it's good around seals. Like it doesn't have seal swell. It doesn't have seal shrinkage as long as you're kind of taking that into consideration. So if you formulate it properly, it... It doesn't have much drag, so yeah. it's naturally going to reduce the heat in your motor, uh, or it should. And then the other thing about it is that because of its structure, you can basically get better surface protection, stronger film strength, you know, and then obviously because it's manufactured, it doesn't have a lot of impurities. So yeah. if you remember the three main goals of how you manufacture, synthetic, it it's more costly, it's more premium, you obviously have to balance, you know, properly selecting your additives and things like that to round it off. But okay. it's kind of that – it's mineral to ball bearings is the easiest way. And it's, you know, it's going to last longer. It's stronger too. So yeah. it's it offers – for the most part, you know, um, a semi-synthetic or – and a semi-synthetic is just a blend of the two. So it's it's going to offer more premium features. You, it's definitely the, the epitome of you get what you pay for, yep. but it protects your investment, right? Whether it's a new-to-you bike or if it's a, you know, a bike you just rode off for the showroom floor, chances are likely you care about that thing. So if you sit back and ask yourself, like, okay, what's it worth to you, you can go with the mineral oil and you can just change it. Often, you know, yeah. every one to two hours, um, you know, sometimes two to three, two to, you know, or three to four. Or if you start getting into like the semi synthetics, well, yeah, it's, you know, 13 dollars up front for the bottle versus, you know, six or, you know, eight, six, yeah, six, six to eight, six to eight bucks. Yeah, yeah, But then it's like, you know, like you you were a mineral guy and you went to a semi-synthetic yeah, I was scared like, to switch. yeah you were scared yeah. to switch, switch but it's like what are you running for a drain interval now right like because yeah, i was always told like full
0: synthetic like it, you go through clutches faster and stuff like that so i was like always nervous to switch because and i mean granted i'm not hard on my bikes at all but it's just you know it's you know how it is in our industry like you hear all these rumors and you hear like you just said just a minute ago like oh i heard you can't go back and blah 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 so it's like you always hear that stuff. If you run full synthetic, you gotta, it's, uh, you gotta be more careful on the clutches. So I was like always scared. You are like, no, dude, that's not how it is. Like, you, you'll be fine.
1: You. So going back to the structure of synthetic, right? Cause yeah. I said it doesn't have much drag. It naturally isn't the best working. Lubricant for your wet clutch, right? But yeah. you can make a really good semi synthetic or full synthetic work with your your wet clutch if properly formulated, right? If yeah. you look at that additive and say, okay, it kind of goes back to like the in depth when you're formulating the product, you have to look at what you're building it for. And if you're building it for, you know, a motorbike, it's okay. Well, there's also a transmission and a wet clutch in there. So if you're going to go with a semi synthetic or a full synthetic base stock, as long as you choose your additives properly, you're going to have the right friction, right? You're going to do the right. You're going to do your friction test. You're going to do all that to say, okay, you know, we achieved a good JASO rating, or whatever, and you're and you're totally fine. Yeah. The the difficult thing is that there's a lot of oil companies out there that you know they you know they tend to sidestep you know probably yeah. some of the right things um, you to know, get that, that full that synthetic be mark. Done. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. or or they've went with uh you know a, a probably not properly selected you know additives right. So then they're putting it into. You know, wet clutches that certain bikes are more finicky. And so it gets a bad rap because it's like, oh, it's a synthetic. It's like, well, sometimes it's a manufacturer thing, right? Like they didn't, they didn't formulate, they didn't properly, uh, they didn't formulate it properly. Sorry.
0: Yeah, you're good. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 you
1: can, you can definitely achieve a super premium product that works for your wet clutch that lasts really long. And I mean, what, what drain interval you run on your bike?
0: Uh, well, I was doing like two hour or like yeah. every two rides or whatever, but now you're like, no dude, try like six, seven. And so like, I think the last oil change I had 13 hours on my bike and I just changed it at 20.
1: Yeah. And
0: yeah. like, yeah. And like now I'm at 24. Yeah. So I'll do like two more rides and then I'll change it. Yeah.
1: So it's, it goes back to the, you're getting what you pay for. And I do you, a filter every time. Yeah. I don't, I don't skip filter. I do. I do, I, I, do the, I do filter every time. Yeah. I do the same thing, but you're getting what you pay for. You know, yeah. if, if you pay attention to the brands, you know, the premium brands that, you know, have been around a long time and, and you can confidently say whether your buddy used it or, you know, you did yeah. some reading, whatever. And you can also get, you know, a, a good maintenance interval that makes it cost effective because you're mm-hmm. not changing your oil as frequently. Uh, you know you run what like you said like 7 hours 7 8 hours on yeah. a semi synthetic i run our full synthetic um our thumper racing works on my 450 mm-hmm. i usually change it around like 12 to 13 hours that's um, so gnarly but i believe in the but product you, but and yeah, i know that. yeah you t- you tried and
0: true like you know, yeah. like you you know that it's like when you drain it it's not going to have metal shavings in it and it's not going to be super black. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so but you
1: trust it. But customers that are like, oh, I'm going to go with a less superior product, right? That you got at a big right. box or something like that, or it's not even intended for a, you know, a motorbike, a single cylinder motorbike that's holding 32 ounces, right? Yeah. Not at all formulated for that. And they go, but I'm just going to change it all the time. And it's like, okay. So, let me ask you something. How often do you ride? Oh, how how much you like working on your bike? Oh, I, was, I don't, you know, and and then yeah. it's just like, well, did you know that if you if you you know just took a step back, even if you're changing the oil filter every single time, if you're if you're comfortable letting the drain interval go a little bit for a product that can match that you know that time frame, you're you're money ahead. You've yeah. not taken that drain bolt out and risk you know stripping it or you know what I mean, uh, losing the crush washer, replacing crush washer, you know, and just all the time that's associated with working on bikes. You've you've saved yourself some money. You've saved yourself some time working in the garage, right? And and you got a good product that's that's built to you know to lubricate that that motor properly. So I mean, yep. in an, that's a very in depth view in my opinion, biased opinion. But what yeah, I've learned, but you're saying, but yeah. that's that's what you're doing when you're visiting dealers. You're trying to talk about that value in the right way that makes sense for their business model. To say, hey, let me help you with some things that I've learned, right? Then and then I can try to get a feel for you or your customer base or ask you some questions, and let's sit down together and let's really work on a strategy for how you can continue you know what i mean um yep. you know presenting and giving customer loyalty giving your customers something that keep them using their machine keep them coming back in and happy with the overall experience of whatever it is that they bought and then you know that shop yeah in nutshell too
0: yeah and i think the biggest thing too is that like you guys you can't just focus on oil and maintenance another thing that's really good from belray is the waterproof grease like if you're buying a brand new bike take the thing apart like, I cannot preach that enough. These bikes nowadays are so dry that it's just crazy to me. So, please, if you're buying a new bike, check out the, the waterproof grease from Ray because these axles and steering stem ben, uh, bearings and steering stem shafts and uh, pivot, bo- pivot shafts are so dry
1: and linkages are so dry. It's so bad. And- yeah. Belray. Ray is actually really well known, like in the mining uh, industry and okay. in the industrial industries for yeah. some of our grease technologies. So our waterproof grease is really good. We have a lot of a lot yeah. of grease technology. But most importantly, yeah, if you buy a new bike, take out the axle bolts, take <laughs> out the pivot bolts, take out the linkage, all those things. It will save you. Yeah. Um, Assembly you
0: know, lube is really good. Like yeah. Like,
1: I get it. You buy a new bike and you want to take it right to the track. But yeah. rest assured, you will be either, A, riding a roached out, clapped out bike that needs something much sooner or, you know, take take a day or, or just do the basics. It will save you money in the long run. Yes. And, for sure.
0: And that's... And then we we changed the brake fluid on my bike, and it made a huge difference. Like yeah. I did, never would have thought that. Like, so we we put the the super uh, dot four in my Cali four fifty. The brakes were pretty squishy, like. Uh, Cody asked me, he's like, How do you ride this thing? I was like, I don't know. I just, it felt fine. He's like, No, dude. Like, hold on. So, like, and he, a little bit of it was him too. He got this new, like, bleeder thing that's pretty badass. He's like, I want to, I want to use this thing. So I was like, Okay, let's use it. And then, like I said, we changed it. And it's like, Holy crap. Just sitting on the stand, I can notice a difference. So I'm excited to ride that this weekend and try it. But that's another thing. Definitely always check your fluids in the brakes because you would have never thought that brake fluid is just brake fluid, right? No, there's actually a reason why there's a premium brake fluid out there because. It's the pressure and the boiling point and all that. I know when we raced when we raced Mammoth, like we had to change fluid when we got to Mammoth because of the altitude. Oh. If we didn't do that, we would get air in the lines, and you'd go down that big ass hill, and then you have no brakes. <laughs> so it's like that's a crazy thing we tell everybody. Like buy buy your because you know oxidation is different up there, right? You're you're at nine thousand, ten thousand feet, so. You had to do your graphics there, and you'd have to get your gas there because if you didn't, like your graphics would bubble up, your brakes would go away, and wow. like it was just it was a whole thing that went into it. So yeah, it
1: all it all makes it all makes perfect sense. But going into it with some preparation sounds like it, yeah. it goes a long way, or knowing what to do when you get there for preparation goes a long way. And yeah, and yeah we changed out your brake fluid. I'm always ha- hackling on you to do something oh, dude, on your yeah. bike, so. It was fun. I this like is working. probably the most roach bike I've had. I mean, it's not even roach, but it looks roach. Like usually, my bikes aren't this bad looking. <laughs> yeah, it's but. it looks good though. You've done a lot yeah. of good things. It's a it's all right. Yeah, but with with time comes maintenance. It just does. Yeah. Um, and so you have to try to embrace. You know, hey, you're gonna ride it. You're gonna have fun. There's some things that you have to do. The more willing you are to do those things, whether you know have someone perform the work for you or you learn to do them yourself, you know, through yeah. trial and error. Or you you know you watch some videos. It will save you in the long run. So, yeah. yeah. So, speaking
0: of bikes being hammered and, and outdoors wearing and stuff, like we're getting ready to go in the outdoor season. Um, 16 rounds down of supercross. You never did supercross, but you did do outdoors with a pretty, pretty good dirt bike rider, Ashley Filik. Yeah, she was pretty uh, good. Faster than me. Yeah, four factory Honda, and you did some outdoor rounds. Like, kind of just a you know we don't want to go too deep into it i want to make this more show about education and what but i mean our listeners are enthusiasts right and we're getting ready to go to an outdoor season so talk a little bit about like what was that like and how you were able to maintain a bike or how you were able to prep a bike because i know for you those guys just go through parts they're just like
1: all right it's it's clap throw it away yeah it's so it's a it's a different level. Yeah, you know, for sure. I worked with Ashley from Super Minis, you know, obviously through her last year, you know, as amateur. Yeah. Then we went Privateer, and then we went, you know, Factory. She took me Factory with her. Yeah. And when, I, you,
0: when you're a Factory in 09 you had Tedesco and Millsaps on the team. Tedesco,
1: Misco, uh Sorry, Tedesco, Millsaps, and Short. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I so mean, there yeah, was a lot of people on the team. It, it would have been actually a total of five riders, but that was uh, Townley's last year. But okay. he's hurt again. If you remember, he, yeah, yeah, he came out to be yeah. a two for the guy, and then he he rode four for these only a couple rounds and and so he yeah worked. they had albertson fill in a couple of rounds i
0: think that year um, or was that the next he year maybe
1: in, he filled in at the end of 08 okay. so in 09 um i can't remember his injury i think it was like a foot or something but by, yeah. by the time i never even saw it so i never saw ben that summer so i can't okay. remember if he went back home or what it is i hung out with his mechanic quite a bit yeah um uh and and so but it, it was those three and then it, and then it was actually yeah it's you learn a lot Right. Uh, but you're also that organiza- organization, you're not there unless you take it very serious. So yeah. It's like all things. If you embrace it, it's not it's not easy work, but it's work that you can take a lot of pride in. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of work to be done. So yeah, you were you know, um
0: you Do you know- think go doing that team and having the R D helped you kinda make a Bell Ray a more superior product because you got to kind of see the R and D side of it or I don't even know if you got to see the R and D side of it or not. I don't know how what I don't know what a factory mechanic entails, but did it was, did that help you a little? Like I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, the
1: the Yeah, what what I learned from those years it, it definitely did. Uh taught more passion. It taught taking more responsibility, you know, yeah. in your work and taking whatever you're doing seriously. It also kinda taught you that. It taught me, hey, whatever you're doing, you you have to be all in if you want to be premium. So, yeah, not necessarily on the R and D side. You know, we we did some stuff and we tested with some things, but Ashley was pretty straightforward. You know, Ashley was she was light. She knew how to ring out a 250F for sure. Right. But a lot of her testing was just hard part stuff. So I didn't see a ton of like lubricant stuff going on. Um, we Bell Ray has I I they've worked with Factory Honda, you know, yeah. over the years, but at that yeah. time they didn't. It just it taught me a lot about you know. Taking whatever you're doing and fully committing, you know, be all in, and and if you do that, and and this came from Ashley too, but it, that team is I I can't say enough about that organ factory Honda's organization. Yeah, Eric Kehoe and yeah, all those guys. You, there. Yeah, if 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 they brought you in and and they were they were very good to me you learn a lot that I think sticks with you. And that did, you know, Eric and, and and at that time I was working very closely with Dean Gibson. He's over at, at Kawasaki now, but he was one of the R and D guys at, at Honda doing a lot of development on the heads at that time. And then Dan Bentley, uh, and then, you know, Carlos and Frankie. Yeah. I was super close with those guys. So crazy how long those guys have been doing it. uh, And my hat, yeah, my hat's off (laughs) to them. I have some funny stories with them, but I remember, um, one time, I was when I in nine I was 21 or something like that, and my deal with Ashley was different. So I was like a hybrid, yeah, because you guys
0: weren't full outdoor. You guys didn't do the full season. We didn't do
1: the we didn't do the full yeah. season, but she was full factory Honda. But because of Ashley's deal, she wasn't riding all the time. Okay, like I was a practice and a race guy. So okay. when I was in California, I would go to the race shop. And we would work on the bikes. I would work on the bikes in the R and D section of the shop, and then, but then I would go home, and then I would be her, her practice guy too. So, but I remember one time, I can't remember if it was Frankie or Carlos or both of them. I don't know if they felt bad for me or whatever, but they kind of took me in under their wing, and and so they were like, you know, when we when we show up, we work and we work hard, and and so that that was great. But I remember one time I I slipped up a little bit. Yeah, I can't remember if it was Frankie or Carlos, but they like they they instilled Choo-ji. they instilled some fear in me to like if you're going to do this and if you're going to yeah. do this at this level, never again. I was like, okay, it wasn't bad. It was we went out to dinner. We flew so uh, that was in oh nine. We did. Hangtown that year? No, sorry, we kicked it off at Glen Helen, I think, in oh9 Then we went to Hangtown. Yeah, I
0: think it was Glen Helen because that was the year RV like in Grant, kind of. Re- yeah, were having a good whatever, race, yeah. whatever
1: it was. We didn't do our on the road build until high point. So okay. I was building the bikes, you know, in at that California. point, yeah, I was yeah. still building the bikes in California. So it was like I think Ashley's rounds that year where I think we did Glen Helen, we did Hangtown, we did Freestone, but again, kind of the circuit which a lot of people know you build the bikes in the trailer and on the truck at some yeah. point. So it was like Ashley's round 4, you know, the team is, you know, at that point it's great camaraderie, but I still have some things to learn. So and you're young. Yeah, I'm yeah. young and so uh, I remember I left or- Orange County, I believe super early on a Wednesday and we, f- I flew all the way to, to steel city or what uh, we flew in for that national or not at steel city high point. Sorry, we flew in for that national. So it was like, I left California, I flew to Atlanta and then I flew up to, I forget, I can't remember if it was like Pittsburgh or Philadelphia, but we landed and then Carlos and Frankie were like, Hey, we're going to go get some dinner. Um, I think it was like the truck driver some of the time. So then we went out, you know, we hung out. We, yeah. we didn't even end up staying out late, but they were like, you have to be, down at bre- not have to, but they are like, We eat breakfast at I think it was seven thirty. They're like, We eat breakfast at seven thirty. We are at the truck at eight. If you're not start bike builds. If you're not at the truck at eight, I can't remember if it was like I there was there was like a you have to be at the truck at eight. I think that yeah. was there was an ultimate. It was like, you got to be at the truck at eight. So we're in Eastern time zone. You know, yeah. I had just been living in California for whatever so three, hour three difference. hours difference. Yeah. And I just slipped up. I can't remember if I didn't set my alarm or something. Well, I remember it was. I remember I didn't wake up, and I think it was Frankie. Frankie called me like a room service or something, and it was like seven fifty-five or seven fifty-four or something like that. Yeah. And it was like there was just where are you? And I just kind of like shot up. And I just threw on whatever clothes I had, which was you know probably just shorts and my team shirt, or whatever. Yeah. And I went running down to the semi, and they were like. That was that was my like you have to take this seriously. They're like, where that was were your you? checkup? Yeah, they're like, yeah. where were, were che- you? Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, hey, I'm sorry. And obviously, you know, they were probably just giving me a hard time because I was this, you know, kid. Right. Like, you know, they were they were kind of teaching the ropes, but they were very they were very respectful, and that whole team was very instrumental in my life and the things that I do now because that yeah. was my like, and you know, they would say like, we're not doing this for fun. Like, yeah. you have someone's life in your hands, so it was a lot of that right. that taught me and made me apply what I'm doing now, which is. I believe Valros is a super premium brand, so mm-hmm. you don't know, cut corners. Yeah, you go all in, and that's 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 what I got. You know, those years of working for Ashley, Ashley's family was was intense. You know, they were they were elite. They did everything that they could, all in. And then you know the the Honda organization, they just they kind of just further propelled that for me. But yeah, falling asleep or sleeping in past your alarm, you know, regardless if you're you know to you it feels like three thirty, you know, on build day. That was my never again. Never that, again. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll never forget it. Um, and they 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 hackled me that day, but I deserved it. I took it like a champ, and they they all day long. I remember <laughs> I was hungry, and they were like, "No, we don't." I forget. Yeah. We were like, they just every they yeah. just take bites they, at you. They like knew little, they knew I was pigs. hungry, and so yeah. I would I would build my bikes in the semi with Frankie. And then Jay, who was shorts guy at the time, he would build them in the front. So I think I I would like kind of hang out the back. And if the weather was really bad, then I would kind of like hang out inside. So it's like I was the new kid that was kind of yeah, finding my place. Of, but yeah. yeah, and then Carlos would build Davy's bikes in the other semi because he was just that guy was he was insane. I mean, he's a great guy, but it was just like he would just be in his own little world. So we would all but Frankie was a hackler. I mean, if you know Frankie, <laughs> like he's a jab jab. And I remember that was that was the year when it was like everything was like come on guy. So it was like yeah. all day long. It was just like by, nine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was like I was so hungry we finally got lunch then we wrapped it up and then i remember i messed up because we were going to get dinner that night and i was building a semi with jay and frankie and so we finished and then frankie was like let's go get food at like the the restaurant next door and then i think he said go see if carlos wants to come and carlos was in the other semi and they weren't like parked right next, next to each other and i yeah. forgot to do that too and then frank <laughs> yeah so then frank <laughs> so then frankie or somebody somebody again i it, it must have been frankie he was like no like you don't do that. Like we're really? a team. We go everywhere. Like very and they, so they instilled a lot in me in those yeah. years. It was great. It was a you know fantastic time racing and and all that experience. But that team and and those people. Yeah, man, they were they really were cool. M- they were more help- times. They were more helpful to me than I even realized. Yeah. Was there moments when Ashley raced
0: and you looked at the times and you're like. We could be racing the, the boys right now and, and mopping some dudes up.
1: Yeah, there was. I mean, we the the practice tracks truly in Southern California were stopwatch national. So yeah. when we went there, you know, not all the time. Sometimes it would just be Ashley and I. I would just be like the practice guy. But, you know, Frankie yeah. and Carlos were doing that with with Davey and, and Ivan at that time. Andrew was always back in Texas unless it was like a, a team test year. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't common to go to the you know we rode at um, at that time it was Star West um, and then we we would go to Milestone a lot. Paula was just coming on and yeah we would we would obviously do the stopwatch there and be like man she's she's, she's got ripping. it she's rolling yeah. yeah. I know for sure it was at Steel City and I can't remember what other rounds but I think that year there was like there was like three or four rounds that her practice was always right after the the men's. The lights B plot B practice, and yeah. there was like three or so. The four- track was as rough. Yeah, as- yeah, and so yeah. she would. She was always the last practice, and then. Yeah. I think her motos were first or some of their, like she was kind of like not a fill in, right? But they, they kind of just were like, all right, this is, you know, this is what yeah. we have for the women. And so we, you could always look at the lap times, but the track was kind of like what they would race. And there was one, one time that, correct, she for sure would have qualified. I think there was like one time or two, or two times that she would have qualified out of practice. She wouldn't even have had to race the consies at that time. So yeah. she was, she was capable you know she was she still is really fast but her and her family were all in and the times the times proved it that year that's awesome then the years to follow too but the times that year proved it
0: yeah that's cool i mean she's accomplished a lot and um, it's crazy to think like it's cool to see like you have Jordan Jarvis and uh some of these other girls that are going for it now. So it's cool to see that transition still happening to this day. I mean it's, it sucks that there's no WMX anymore. But I get why they do it because it would be like Ashley
1: and a few other girls and then after that it was just like a drop off. That's so that's the most difficult thing is again going back and we've talked about it a few times, but the business and the marketing, right? And and yeah. the bigger picture stuff is, you know, to sell it and to for, for the Coombs family to give it, you know, to give it Time frame on race day. Yeah, you want to have a TV package. You know when the TV packages goes away, what have you? There's a there's a ton of very fast professional women racers. The hard thing was that it was like you would have that group, you know, that front group. And at the time it was like Geiger, it was Whitmore, it was Patterson, you know, Sarah Price, Alexa Pearson was pretty good. Um, Or she was good. Um, Sherry Cruz, Ashley, I think, you know, and there was that group. But then after seven or eight, it fell way off. And it's not that they weren't still fast. But when you're on, you know, when you're on that platform, it's kind of like, you know, so. Yeah, over time, I think the evolution of it was it just, you know, for reasons that it happened after I, you know, stopped working for, for Ashley and I came back home. But it, you know, it, it kind of ran its course and it's no longer, it's unfortunate, but there's still, yeah. a, there's still a lot of fast girls, like you said. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Jordan Jarvis qualified last year, I think, I believe right? so, yeah. Yeah, I one or so. two of the rounds or something yeah. like that, and I followed her, but it was a busy last year or so. But, um, yeah, Ash was really fast. There's still a ton of really, really fast female racers um you know and and they they have their place and and they can they can yeah. lay down some laps no yeah
0: i mean i there's i've i'm not gonna lie i've been passed by a girl i don't care whatever judge me whatever
1: i was just talking <laughs> to ashley this week is ashley and i are super close so when yeah. you know i went to her wedding and i love the Phylic family your
0: snapchats from that wedding with t oh, like my, yeah. pastrana and all those guys like yeah has had so much fun it, like, was, it was
1: cool it was a riot yeah. um ashley got married beautiful wedding um i hadn't seen her family's her family, sorry, uh, she's yeah. got a younger brother and then her mom and dad, obviously. I hadn't seen them since like oh yeah. nine. I see Ashley quite often, and so that was fun. And then you know Phil Smoggy was down there with his wife Sarah Whitmore, and, and Travis was there, and yeah, just like you said, a really yeah. good, everybody embraced it, had a really such good time, a, yeah. such a good time, and and yeah, we all we all had a ton of fun. Uh, but I was talking to Ashley this week. She's in Salt Lake City or something. Yeah, she's in Salt Lake City. And so I was giving her grief because I told her I was going to go riding this weekend. And I just thought about this because he said he got passed by a girl. And actually, I'm always saying, like, we're going to ride. We're going to ride because I've been riding a bunch this last year or so and she's like, Don't worry, I still got you. So I we just ended with, You probably do, but I'm on a four fifty. I'll just run you. I'll just yeah, T take you. you you're out. still yeah. if you're on the track, you're yeah, in my way. Right, exactly. <laughs> well she's on a one twenty five. So I'm like, all right, at least I know I have some horsepower. And I'm like, yeah. she still is only like hundred and five pounds soaking wet. So I'm like, All right, you are gonna beat me, but as long as I can get close to you in the corner, I will hit you. And so we yeah. always have a good, we always have always a really, have fun with that. We yeah. always have a really good laugh about like you're faster than me. And she's like, oh, come on, bring it, bring it. I, I can beat you, but like, you probably can. But I will hit you.
0: Yeah. Well, that like that goes back to what you and I talked about like this week. Like you and I rode together a couple years ago, and then like
1: you know we had fun. Like we were pretty yeah.
0: close. And then this year you come down and we ride this week. And you go balls out first moto. And I'm like, dude, I'm not ready for this. Like, yeah. we got to ease into this. And you just left me. And I'm like, well, I guess Cody's putting in motos today. I thought we were just going to have some fun. Well, but well we we did
1: have some fun. Was it Monster Mountain in 2019, right? Maybe it
0: was 19. Yeah, yeah. I it think was it, 19. Was 19. Yeah, it was 19. I remember,
1: yeah. and we probably talked about this on the last podcast we did. But I remember, like, there was a bike behind me. And I'm like, this dude is rolling. <laughs> and then we come down the hill behind the, the starting line. You have that right-hander. Yeah. And uh, – I remember you on the outside, you just worked me and I was like, all right, like I can't let that, like I can't right. let that happen again. So I'd been low key working on yeah. my speed and we went Lost to way. Yeah, we went, yeah, I did, but we went to R three, let the viewers know we on our way to R three, you said, this is my track. I'm really yeah, good. I'm feeling, here. I'm feeling good. So I was, yeah. I was like low key, like mentally, like we're going to have to go down. We're going to have to learn this track quick and we're going to have to be ready for a heater. Okay. Cause yeah. someone's going to have to take, someone's going to have to walk away. <laughs> it's just the way it's going to work. And yeah. It was going well, and then you blew out the corner. Yeah, I got blew worked. Out, blew out your leg in the process, and well, like that,
0: and then, I, and then Jack gave us that amazing prep, and I wasn't ready for it. Like you I was learned. expecting it to you be learned. like rough and rugged because yeah. they raced on Sunday, and then like I, I suck on on fresh tracks. I'll made it. Like I I like showing up to the track late and like having it be beat down and. Um, that way, I an Just I sounds an like a lot of excuses. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think, I is. think that's what it I'm is. getting, but it is mostly. Excuses. Nonetheless,
1: nonetheless, we showed up. Um, we had some fun, and I, but I think I took the R3. I think I, I took you did. the Euro, Yeah, yeah. But we're
0: going to go to Monster again later this year, and yeah. I'll be ready. Okay. All I'll right, be ready. Well, like, I'm not going to let you, you know what I mean. I'm not going to let you keep the title. So, but, uh, but yeah, this this has been awesome. I hope everybody's learned something. I hope everybody's enjoyed it. Um before we get before we wrap this thing up, we have the new segment we've had on the last couple episodes. A huge shout out to JD Beach for helping me out with this episode for this segment. Um it's called the Beach Say What segment. So if, uh please if you guys like it uh let me know what your feedback is, if there's anything you want to hear from J.D. Um, I plan on getting him on the show as well. So, again, thank you to J.D. I'm, I'm excited to offer this to the show and get his perspective because he's been in, in the industry for a long time. He's a racer. So um, this week for you, Cody, he's got some really cool questions. So we'll kind of go through these and see what you think. But um, the first one will be, what was the most memorable race working with uh, Ashley? The
1: most memorable race working for Ashley? It had to be. Yeah, hands down. Steel City final final race, final round. Yep. Steel City 2009. Um I can she got a, like a mid-pack start okay. and then it happened on the opposite side of the track. So I had the radio and the pits is, or sorry, the mechanics area is kind of in a weird spot, but she crashed. And so she came around and I had the I had the pit board out and like she was she was capable of clinching the championship in the first moto. And so I don't remember if it was the first lap or a couple laps in or whatever. But anyway, she came around, I got on the radio, hey, she crashed. Okay, sounds good. So I remember they were like, Hey, she's in seventh or something. So I put, you know, P seven on, on the, the pit board. Yeah. And when she was riding past me, she pointed to her collarbone. Her helm was all jacked up and stuff. And I was like, Oh, that's that's interesting. But she just kinda like rode around now. The strategy going into it was like, Hey, don't crash. Right, and let's wrap this thing up in the first moto. And I think she only needed like fourteenth or twelfth or something. So she yeah. was in like champion. So 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 she just like rode around, but she would point to her collarbone, and I was like, okay, well she must be hurt. Not really sure what happened. She rode off of the track at the end of the moto. I think that time the 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 women's motos were fifth. I think there were two fifteen minute motos. I think okay, and she rode off of the track, and she actually just posted it on Instagram this week, snapped her collarbone. Oh, dang. So, yeah, she, like, snapped the thing. Like, not, Yeah, like, it was done. Yeah, so she crashed. She kind of just, like, pile drove into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. um, Steel City was kind of hard packed that year. I think Mm -hmm. what they ended up doing is I think they they rolled it and they sealed it, and then the rain never came. So it was just, like, it was hard packed. Just the rain missed, and it was supposed to be a mudder or something. And, yeah, she just snapped her collarbone, finished the rest of the moto. And yeah. she had, like – And clinched the title. Yeah, she had, like, 10, 10 minutes or 12 minutes. I can't – she had a bunch of time left in the moto. Because I remember then yeah. we were, like, kind of sweating on the radio. where We were like, all right, something's not right. She's not riding right. Yeah. Um. It's more than, like – it's beyond, like, conservative, but but the bike wasn't mangled. So, yeah, clinching the championship, literally that's riding cool. the first moto with a snap collarbone. That yeah. I was proud of that. That's that's championship heart right there.
0: How was the bonus check? Was it good? Was it good?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, yeah i'm just kidding it's yeah i won't disclose that what i will say is that you know uh, Ashley, a lot like a lot of other riders they do they do um respect you know, your time they do yeah, yeah they they do show appreciation you know they get they get paid well she got paid very well yeah yeah and there was that's awesome bonuses.
0: um he's also got one that says who do you think is the most underrated rider going into the outdoor season 450s or yeah, whatever you think so like uh do you think you know colt nichols is about to, to to maybe possibly win his first 250 title but you know if he i don't think he was the talk of the this, this season this year and he's about to win his first 250 title so he could carry that momentum and maybe get an outdoor title or you know right now it there's a lot of uh eyes on plessinger you know nobody would have probably guessed he to win a title but that's, like, Webb two years ago. Nobody thought he was going to win a t- Supercross title when he got on KTM. And, boom, he wins it first year. So it's, like, for me, I know the question's for you. But, like, for me, I would say, like, I would really like to see, like, Plessinger or even Anderson. Like, I think a lot of people have written off Anderson because he's left Alden. He's not gone, He's yeah. not done anything this year really spectacular. spectacular. I, blah, blah, I can't talk. Spectacular. S- yeah, spectacular. So I think, like, he could be a guy that you, can, you might – see get some some wins or maybe get on the podium yeah this year. i
1: i would say 450s i maybe you can't say an underdog anymore but i think he's very capable of like championship caliber riding or at least consistent podiums and a win here there's chase sexton i've yeah. been super proud of him we all know that he's been you know training down at Bubba, so i think it's kind of like you can't mm-hmm. really rate him as an underdog but yeah i think he's very close to figuring it out he's got it figured out, but I think he's very close to like putting all the pieces together. He's shown a ton of great speed. He's shown great consistency at time. And I think mm-hmm. he's building. So I'd like to see him do really well Okay, in the lights class. Correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't they didn't, aren't they putting, isn't star putting Levi kitchen in for the outdoors? I haven't heard yet. I don't I, know.
0: I don't, I don't know for sure, but I would I, imagine that. I think that was the, the talk. Um, I think
1: he did really, really would, well at the yeah. Texas nationals. So they, they were considering that. So I don't, Obviously, I don't have insider information there, but from what I heard out of Texas, I think you know Levi is capable, and I think it's it's some of that young talent you know, yeah. I want jet to do really well, you know, I mm-hmm. like the Lawrence brothers, but again, those are guys that I don't really think you can say they're underdogs anymore, yeah, I look to some of those star racing kids that they're they have that new school riding where it's like, man, these kids you know these kids might be special they they might be the ones that you know evolve the riding or the technique into, into that you know that next thing yeah. you know that we're looking for the evolution so i would say if levi goes pro outdoors levi would be my pick in lights i think he's going to do really well Yep. And then I'd like to see Chase do really good in the 450s. Not necessarily an underdog, but kind of one Just of those somebody that like, you want to like, where is he yeah. going to be? Yeah, right. where is he going to be? So
0: Yeah, I think uh, Nate Thrasher having two wins is going to be really good Nate in outdoors. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he went six for six at Loretta's on Super Minis. That's right, he did. So he's a good outdoor rider. And then the other guy I'm really excited to see ride outdoors because he was getting better and better in Supercross before he got hurt was Max Volan um that's true i know yeah you know I, I know max but i know his dad even better because his dad is a vendor for us at the Chirbys. Yep. so i've seen him grow you know since he was a baby and it's just like i really want to see him do really well just because i know he has the potential it's it's one of those things where like he just did a local race and he um was like gone with both motos i think he had like a 25 second lead yeah. both motos so, i mean yeah. the kids definitely got it i just think he needs to get out the gate and get that confidence up and i think that was kind of starting to build and build and build. And then unfortunately, he um, had that crash in Indy. So, and his mechanic TJ, we've had him on the show. So, if you guys haven't listened to it, please check it out. That was a really good show with his mechanic TJ. So, please check that out. But before I let you go, Cody, we'll get one more in. Um, he says, What's the big, or he said, Decide to switch from EVS to Bell Ray. We kind of know that, but I guess I would kind of spin that off. What would be the biggest difference between doing EVS and then doing Bell Ray? Of course, oil, but I
1: feel like your roles kind of
0: are similar. Um, yeah, the, the I would say that's kind of one thing I would ask.
1: The, the change in me going from EVS to Bellray for starters. EVS is a great company. I still use a ton of their products. Yep. Um, I'm still very close, you know, with Taz, who's you know running the power sports side. Todd Lentz has been involved for a long time. Mm-hmm. The move for me, it's there's a lot of similarities in terms of you know EVS is is premium, and you know we had a lot of pride in the in the products that we were manufacturing. Yeah, for me, it was opportunity. Ray was kind of like a world renowned brand. You know, I, I saw a vision that I, I just really liked. Um, And I think at the at the time it was just it seemed like the right move at the time for my family. I've been here for seven years. So, yeah, there's there is a lot of similarities. The big difference for me was just, you know, opportunity and, and just the brand. And, you know, it's very diversified at the time. That was I came here in fourteen. The industry was kind of limbo, right? Like it was evolving. You know, off road was was kind of becoming soft. So for me, it was, hey, Belray, is it's a commodity. I think yeah. if you if you really enjoy what you're doing in the commodity based, you're, I wouldn't say safe, but it's like. You need oil, right? Yeah. Um and you obviously you need protection too, but that I, I saw it differently when I thought mm-hmm. about Bell Ray and I thought about my career and I thought about, you know, my longevity in the industry. I love the industry. So it just made the right sense for my family at the time. I had a very young family. I just you know, I basically had like a, a two year old and then I had a six year old. So it's okay. like okay, I need I wanna provide for them, but I wanna provide for myself. I wanna be very you know, I wanna be very proud of what I do. So right. Yeah, that's just that's what Bell that's Ray awesome. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: No, I I I think that's the what like you said is one's protection one's one's chemicals but they're both a necessity but you can it almost seems outside looking in like you got Taz and a couple other guys where Bell Ray you were able to step into a role and almost become more essential to that brand where EVS kind of had those guys already.
1: So yeah, kind of
0: outside looking in, you know what I mean? I don't know if that's a fact or if that's true or not, but just it seems like where Bellray, when you came on, you slowly v- risen to the top and became more of an influence to the to growing that power sports brand where, where, where EVS has already been a staple in a lot of stores, right? Like Bellray did a rebranding of the bottles and rebranding of the of their label and everything, and it's like a light switch switch you know 2009 they weren't really a big brand the The bottles are white they're boring and yeah and then and then you guys changed all that and then it's like you got involved with two two and it's like it's just the last six years you guys have really stepped your game up and i i would i would say
1: yeah i think that's what it is and honestly just to kind of summarize it too i think that there are certain things that they just they work out you know not yeah. not how you even plan they just worked right. out incredibly well I'd like to say that I'm one of those very fortunate people that things worked out incredibly well. You know, we talked about my stories, you know, some of my stories with with Honda and, you know, and Frankie and Kylos and those guys and what they taught me. I took that to EVS. I was, uh, you know, I started as like a brand manager guy, did some inside sales. And then even when I left, I was like the brand manager. I managed like all the distribution for Tucker Rocky. And then I also did the rider support stuff. So, but all that I did was I just took what I learned. And then I just brought it to Belray, Ray, where again, the vision just seemed to, the vision and the longevity just seemed to match like where I wanted to be and where I saw myself. Yeah. But there's still the basic principles. I mean, there's still things. I was just talking to uh, a former coworker from MBS last week, and it was like we were acknowledging and admiring the things that we learned there. We just, you know, we took it to that next stage in our life. Right. Similarities, but yeah, obviously. Stepping stones. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what it is. And, and yeah. Bell Ray, it just seems to fit really well for me. I geek out, you know, on the the chemicals and the formulations and, and that side of it. EVS was fun, but it was just like, you know, Belray, there's more passion there. I just yeah. think it's just the way that it that works. That makes out. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. So
0: um kind of gotta do what's best for you and, and and find what's your your passion. And it sounds like you did, so that's really yep. awesome. Well, Cody, thank you so much for making the time for us. Thank you for coming into my janky studio. Yeah, uh,
1: Top notch. I'd sleep <laughs> um, in here if I had to. No,
0: I know. It's it's cool. So I'm excited to uh to have a guest in studio. We've we've had Shaggin, my brother in law on. Um, He's actually supposed to be working on your jerseys right now.
1: If he's not, we're not getting pizza. All right, so that's what, that's the deal. If he's, if he, if he, if he's listening to this, if he listens to the show, he'll know. But Shagan, uh, we're gonna go get pizza. If you're not listening, or if you are <laughs> and the jerseys aren't done, you're getting your you're own out. Pizza. You're yeah, getting your own yeah. pizza. You're getting your own pizza. And
0: then Cody's cleaning you out when we go to Monster. <laughs> we're gonna try. Yeah. Um, But yeah. So thank you. Is there anybody you want to thank or anybody that you want to <sighs> give a shout out to before I let you go? I mean, if my kids were
1: listening, I would say them. They're not yeah, listening. No. Honestly, sure. I, I want to thank everyone that's a customer. You yeah, know, yeah. Whether they're in there, whether they're in the sh- in the industry or not, but if you ride a motorcycle, you're a customer to us. Thank you. Yeah. Um It's been a. It's been a. There's been some adversity with COVID. Thankfully, power sports. You know, we we kind of got you know a helping hand right with the resurgence of new customers. Thank you. You know, thank you yeah. for taking a shot at, at us and at this industry that we all know and we love. Um, you know, please reach out if you don't know something. But most importantly, thank you all for yep. you know for your your business and and for stepping into a sport that, that again we all are a, small pe- are a small part of us yeah and with
0: that being said a huge thanks to you Bell Ray for coming on and you were the first person to actually come onto the show besides Spot Network yeah so a huge shout out to you for, for believing in my janky show and and uh having some fun with it we need to try to figure out some cool giveaways for our listeners but um saying that actually this was a question from JD too like with you being a sponsor with you being in the show do you have a favorite Bell Ray product?
1: um i I can't say favorite, but okay, I love our chain loop, yeah, um, I really like our foam filter oil. I think okay. that you know a foam filter oil is it's vital, yeah, and then the engine oil. I believe, Perfect. I believe in the engine oil. Those three, I can't really yeah. pick between, right? Because you know, I could, I I, 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 if I had to narrow it down, I would say foam filter oil and our engine oil. Okay, um, those are those are good products. That yeah, it's humbling when you walk into a shop and they say, "Man, I used it," and they give you some, you know, some personal testimony of, "Hey, I yeah. used it here or there," and you just you get the kind of smile and nod and, and hold your head high that you work for such an iconic, reputable brand. Yeah, you know that that our products are really good, and we're I'm proud to represent them.
0: Yeah, I think I would have to go with the oil, of course, uh, the grease, and then I really like your guys' six in one. Like yeah. the six in one is really That's- good too. So
1: it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult for me to narrow down because I yeah. use everything. Of course, yeah. Of course. Those, those, those are all. Are, those are, are all, the, those are some good ones for those me. Are and, and
0: then the new Super Dot that I'm trying right now on the bike. We'll, yeah, we'll see but, how
1: that goes. Well, if you learn how to use that front brake, you'll notice <laughs> how good it, it is. But Stop man, it. you'll tell them how you blew out that corner. I know I don't no, have time, dude. but this guy blew out a corner and basically ruined the whole flow of a section. So that was that was just uh, if anyone wants laziness. To, if anybody <laughs> wants to comment, say hey, we're, you're going to have new brake fluid. Learn how to use the front brake. Oh my god. Anyways.
0: Thank you again, Cody. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. it. Uh, huge shout out to Spot Network. Thank you guys. Works Connection. Please check out our Instagram. We are doing a Works Connection uh, giveaway with some tie downs right now. Tag uh, two friends and follow Motospot, follow Works Connection. So please check that out. And then also uh, Scott Goggles and Motion Pro. I mean, we can't do it without these guys. And that's episode twenty-three, guys, of the Motospot Show. Please go check us out at Motospot, at Spot Network, at Bell Ray at Works Connection, and at Scott Goggles. So thank you, thank you, guys. That's a wrap. We appreciate it.